Greetings, ghouls. Okay, so to bring it to a weird tangent in a tangent within a tangent. Skewed into this tangent. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetters of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Hello, Michael, Jeremy. Do you like scary movies? Obviously, we like scary movies. That's why we're here. I'm Mike. And I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Doing real good. <laughs> uh, you say that now. Yeah, thanks. But are you prepared to no. do our top five? I'm prepared to do the top five. We're continuing our drinking games tangent. And to start, because... We want to, yeah. You know what? I'm bored with just flipping a coin, so we're doing a fun little way to decide who goes first. So you got your cup, yep, and your beer pong ball. I do. Okay. At the same time, we're gonna throw the ball. Whoever gets it in the cup will proceed to go first in our drinking game. If we both get in the cup, shoot again. Ready? Okay. Go. You hear that? That's bad. All right, so you know what? Since I got it in the cup, you're going to go first. I'm going to go first. Okay, you got your your beers? Yeah, I got my beers. Okay, so ideally it would be nice if someone else were to do this, but you're going to close your eyes, shake the shit out of one of those beers. Oh, fuck me. And put it down and, you know, rotate them around. Okay? All right, so what am I doing? Shake the shit out of one of those beers. Okay. Okay. Now put it back down with the others. Mix them around so you don't know which one is the shooken up one. Tell me when you're ready. Okay. Get your towel ready. So whoever loses this game goes first. Okay. And because you have to go first, this is beer roulette. So we have six beers in front of us. And one of us is going to take that beer, hold it up to our face, and open it. It's basically Russian roulette with beers. For each beer that gets opened before you get shot in the face, you have to chug those beers. So grab a beer, put it to your face, and open. Mow! I'm going to move my microphone away. Yeah, that's smart. He's holding it up to his face. Well, looks like he's safe on that first one. Okay, my turn. And I'm shot in the face already! Ah! Actually, wasn't as bad as I thought. All right, sweet. So I guess I'm going first again. Oh, man. That's actually a really fun game. Luckily, dude, I've played that game, and it's the sixth beer that gets opened. And that person has to chug all of those beers, dude. Oh, talk about a stomach ache. So I, Jesus. All right, so down the hatch. Top five. All right. Let's get right into it. Number five, 2012. Would you rather? This was a great one. Oh, yeah. This movie was awesome. Uh, another movie I, I can't believe I hadn't seen. I love it so much I have a poster of it now because the artwork with the razor blade and the eye. I hadn't really heard of this one either. It was actually somebody on, on TikTok that, that commented. He goes, these, you know, I posted like a little slideshow or whatever. And he was like, actually, he goes, these are all great. He goes, but I prefer would you rather. I'm like, huh. I have to watch that now because somebody said it. 
I think it was the, just a poster that got me to watch it. Yeah. Brittany Snow. Yes, Brittany Snow. Jeffrey Combs. He ha- he's great, great in this. John yes. Hurd, dude. John Hurd. Rest in peace. The late, great John Hurd. Yes. Sasha Gray. Cheers. <laughs> Rob Wells. Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. Crabman from My Name is Earl, Eddie Steeples. So needing money to support her sick little brother, Iris works double, if not triple shifts, to stay afloat. When a chance to have her brother's care taken care of, she reluctantly accepts a dinner invitation with an affluent donor. And, of course, said dinner, there's going to be a little game afterwards, kind of a contest. Jeffrey Combs doesn't sound like that. I don't know where that voice came from. (laughs) (laughs) But this contest... Turns into a game of life or death. Would you rather? Awesome. They have all these, you know, random contestants. They all need money. They're around this table. They do have a dinner. Mm-hmm. John Hurd has a lot of booze. Apparently, he's uh, off the wagon now. Is it off the wagon? We'd be on the wagon, right? Is it on the wagon when you're drinking? Off the wagon, you quit? I think that's how that works. Because the wagon's the one... it. Brings the booze around. So you'd be on yes. the wagon with the booze? I don't know. Whatever. He's so uh, dr- apparently they he's have drunk. an app for that now where they have a wagon that'll bring you booze. It's called a car. Um, <laughs> it's Tell like, me it's uh, not called off the wagon. It's like Drizzle or Drizzler or something like that. It's a, Basically, it's like a like an, almost like an Uber that'll like bring you booze. Wow. It's like Uber Eats, except it's Uber Drinks. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so basically... They do, would you rather, would you rather do this, or would you rather do that, and both choices suck. <laughs> they didn't. All the choices sucked. <laughs> there's not a, a good part in this, in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of good parts in the movie, but like if you were in one of those chairs, yeah, you, you would be like, oh, fuck, why don't I just work a fucking quadruple can, shift next time? Can we also point out Jeffrey Combs' son in the movie, played by the kid who was a penguin in Gotham? Oh, yeah, dude. He plays creepy really well. He does. Everyone in this movie was was awesome. Yeah, no, they definitely were. I had a I had a pretty good time. All right, my number five. I was curious if I should leave this off my list because it was a TV series, but it made such it, such an impact on well everybody. So my number five, Squid Game. Oh, I mean this this took the world by storm, and just each game red light, green light. Marbles, the uh, tug of war one. Oh yeah, and the one that freaked me out the most was the glass floor, when it's basically like hopscotch. Oh yeah, because every, like... every every so often they were um, tempered. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. No, this this was absolutely fantastic. The payoff at the end, like you said, was perfect. I was perfectly fine if they never did a sequel, but of course I was like intrigued to see how it would continue. Right, like, are they they just going to do six different games? Right, or is it going to be him trying to, like, take down the company or whatever? Mmm, true. I saw the dubbed version, which which was comical, but it it was really, really, really good. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Radio Freedom. Every day, more and more of us are being sent to the camps. More and more of us disappear or die. The government calls us traitors or deviants. Because we oppose its ideology. And then it tries to wipe us out because we believe we have the right to be ourselves. Then it justifies its policies by talking about work ethic, community obedience, social conformity. But 
what it's really saying is accept slavery or die. 1982, directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. You know, the guy that brought us Leprechaun 3 and 4, Night of the Demons 2, Megiddo, the Omega Code 2, Pimpin' Pee-wee, the Porky's <laughs> spinoff, and Dead End Drive, which actually showed this movie as one of the movies featured in that movie. Turkey Shoot. Turkey Shoot. Oh my God, this movie is so good. I almost talked about this during our dystopian tangent, but I went I went with Dead End Drive-In. But this is such a good movie. Olivia Hussey, this fucking guy plays a great asshole. His name is Michael Petrovich. Petrovich. Uh, that was, was hilarious. He's got like a some kind of half beast, like Dr. Moreau type of buddy. So in the future, deviants or sympathizers are sent to re-education or a behavior modification camps. They're tortured and forced into labor under grueling conditions until they're broken. Some are offered a way out, a ticket to freedom. All they have to do is play a game. It's basically the most dangerous game. They're hunted for sport. So you have these prisons. They have all these rich assholes come, and they each pick out a prisoner, and those prisoners are given IDs. And basically, if you can escape, you're free. And they're given like a half-hour head start. And then basically, they're hunted down and killed. And there is some fucking brutalness in it. But what I love about this movie is the whole thing's a game. The warden, he's playing like basically all these people like pawns. He's playing them against each other. And there's like games within the movie besides the, the big game. You know, he's playing chess with some guy that works at another prison and I believe funds him. And he's like, oh, you know, all these prisons are being overpopulated. But for some reason, you don't have that problem. He's like, no. <laughs> There's, oh man. The ball game is another game within the movie. And that's fucked up. I don't even want to say what it is because when you see it, you're just like, this poor motherfucker. Oh, damn. Olivia Hussey actually <laughs> she recently did an interview because uh, there's a shower scene. And it, at first, you're like, what the hell's going on? She's in the shower, but she's like got her clothes on and she takes her top off. And then, you know, they do a close up of her boobs and she's just washing her boobs. And then it like cuts back and her hair is covering it. And it was a, you know, stunt tits. And she goes, you know, now thinking back on it, I would have preferred to show my breasts because I have much better body than that woman. I was like, damn, throwing some shade. Great movie, fun. The soundtrack, dude, slaps. It is done and scored by Brian May. Nice. Not the Brian May from Queen. Damn Dif it. Different Brian May. <laughs> <laughs> How many but, could there possibly? Oh, apparently there's at least two. I mean, it's probably not that uncommon of a name, but it's, it is a good soundtrack. It's actually, uh, you can listen to it on YouTube. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Fun-ass movie. Would not want to be hunted down by rich people. No. It's actually a pretty common story. I mean, obviously, Richard Connell, you know, wrote that book, you know, on the island. The What does the guy get? Shipwrecked there or something? Yeah. Anyway, it's been told, retold countless times. 
But I really dug this 1982 version, Turkey Shoot. Nice. I think it could have had a different name, but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it, sound, it sounds like something you play at the local VFW where you're just trying to win turkeys. <laughs> you have a meat shoot, yeah. I love the meat shoot. Oh, uh, who doesn't like a good meat shoot? Okay. All right, so my number four. You're going to give me crap for this because it's a basic bitch pick, and I don't really care because... You're a basic bitch? Yeah, sometimes. I went with Saw. I know you said you didn't put this on your list, and I get it. But this, like, I when... The game is rigged. <laughs> so back when Netflix used to mail you discs, oh, you yeah. know? And like, are we supposed to give this back? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you just mail it back. I'm like, how do they know I have it? Because you uh, ordered it and they sent it to you. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it did blow my mind because it was like, like a completely new concept, at least for me anyway. You know, you have the two strangers waking up in like a gross, looks like a bathroom. Oh my uh, God, the carried. most disgusting bathroom. Oh, yeah. oh. And you have Carrie Elwes. I forget who the other one, uh, the other guy was dead, I think. Well, the, the guy was dead on the floor, but the other guy, Lee Winnell. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Who was actually in another movie that I didn't put on my list called Keep Watching where he can't roll a joint to save his life. Well, I mean, he that's rolled good. a joint and they smoked it, but I mean, it looked like it was... the shittiest rolled joint I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this turned into a franchise of, was it seven, eight movies, something something like that. Uh, dude, aren't they past ten? Uh, they might and, be. And they just came out with Spiral, which I yeah. haven't seen yet. I haven't seen that either. I heard not so great things. I mean, but then again, I'm like, I don't trust used to the anyone. formula, by the way. But they, there's a new one coming out. Another one. Yeah. How many Saw movies in the Saw franchise? Uh, consisting of nine feature films and additional media. Yeah, but, you know, the whole thing comes on. It's like, uh, would you like to play a game? And it's like, hey, there's keys to, you know, your fucking lock that's around your ankle or whatever. It's like, but you got to dig it out of your friend's, like, stomach. Yeah. Or, like, the whole reverse bear trap thing. Oh, that one was horrible. Yeah, I mean, basically, these are sadistic escape rooms. They are. And they usually play on, like, your worst fear or your Mm -hmm. vice or addiction, like, is usually involved. Hello, Michael. I know you like to play Vice City. So now you're going to go into Miami and we're going to shoot at you. I'm like, what? All the Haitians are going to shoot at you. <laughs> oh, I love I love that side. The side missions with the Haitians are really fun. You're all fucked up. It's like Mama Creole or something. One of the funniest ones. <laughs> like literally the mission just says, kill all the Haitians. We're like, that seems racist. Oh, but you have to do it with a crowbar. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not going to say I liked all the sequels, but this, I mean, this one was, was definitely like a catalyst for like a new a new genre or subgenre, I should say. So, yeah, a lot of the sequels had nothing to do with this movie, per se, in script form. Like part two right. was something else. And they're like, oh, Saw, like hit, let, like let's turn that one. Saw two, I almost had on my list because that that one fucked up and that seemed more of a game but like i don't know was that the man. one with donnie Wahlberg? he was in a couple of them yeah was he it? was a i think he was a cop also great theme and score by charlie yes closer closer yep okay so number three 
California, Miha. <laughs> We're going Belko Experiment 2016. So that's two, right? We're at two. Two doubles. Okay. So directed by Greg McLean, who also did Wolf Creek. Written by James Gunn. Another great as, one. As we you know, mentioned last episode. Tony Goldwyn is in this movie, playing an asshole. Who knew? When he was in Ghost, he was like the supreme asshole. Oh my god, that the part when he gets dragged away. That freaked me oh out as god, a kid. Oh my god, that freaked me that that freaked me out for years. Yeah, fucking nightmares on that side. But Sean before Gunn, that, you know, he tried to, he tried to take on he tried to take on uh, you know, Jason Voorhees, but you know, he ain't dirty Harry. Which one was that? 6. He was in the VW Beetle and they got like stuck in the mud and that was the one where he like he took like the fence post and went through the windshield what? and actually almost killed the director's wife. He was in there? Yeah, he was the driver of the bug. No kidding. Throw yeah. away knowledge right there. He he died very terribly. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, like, so many people in this movie. Greg Henry, if you can uh, spot him, has a, a very cool cameo in this movie. Brent Sexton, he's always a, like, everyman type of character. David Dastmalchian, I, sorry, I fucked that guy's name up, but he, he's been in a lot of shit. Lately, but yeah, stacked cast, and I I would like to shout out. So I was on YouTube. This is before I had them in order. So I just went through each movie's trailer, just to like hype me up to like, you know, puzzle it together, and I came across the Belko Experiment Lego. Oh my god, I've trailer, seen that. and it was so well done. And so oh, it's funny. And they have Michael Rooker's character, but he's the guy from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it says awesome. It's, it just says BH Tilt. So Blumhouse Tilt, I guess, put that together. But it is oh man, just that alone is <laughs> it would be my number my number three. But I'm actually talking about the 2016 movie. So your job is being outsourced, but instead of you being out of a job, you're offered an opportunity. Relocate to Columbia and get a tracking chip implanted in the back of your neck for your own safety. Why are you doing air quotes? Ha <laughs> ha, don't worry about it. The benefits are decent and you get a company car. The only downside is that Belco Industries is most definitely using you and your coworkers for a sadistic social experiment. What are humans willing to do to survive? And they're willing to do a lot of shit. Like, can you imagine you're in an office building? All of a sudden, doors are locked. Windows, you're barricaded in. And, like, these are, like, some metal shutters that even they can't, like, blowtorch through. And you have to kill people. Now, just look around the room. Size up your coworkers. How many do you think you could take out? Uh, Who would you have to worry about? I mean, the great thing is I'm closest to the door. Well, like I said, shutters, you, you, you can't escape that's that's the point i guess so but you know yeah yeah basically we we would be dead because would you would you be able to kill like a an old lady or something <sighs> oh no jeremy please don't kill me and then she takes out a sewing needle and stabs you in the neck and she's like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> probably oh uh, i don't want to say which one but in the, in the last episode one of the movies this chick is faced with having to kill a little girl and it's just like, oh, my God, 
Could you do it if it meant your life? Yeah. It's like, oh. All right. So my number, what is this, three? Yes, sir. Three. I went with, and I just watched this a couple days ago, Escape Room. Okay. It was a 2018, 16, 18, something like that, I think. There's actually a bunch of them now. Six different people, I believe it was. Uh, they each received this black, mysterious box, which is a puzzle in itself to open up. Oh, th- see, I loved that invitation. Like, they had to figure it right? out in order just to get into the, the invitation. Room. Yeah, the invi- yeah. yeah, that was awesome. That was a cool, cool concept. But, I mean, like, the movie starts out, like, in full force with this kid trying to get out of, like, a library-type, like, building while the walls are, like, closing in on him. And it didn't, I mean, it doesn't look like it was ending well at all. And then it's like three days late, like earlier. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they each have to break out of a booby-trapped escape room to win $10,000. Now, like, they go to this this waiting room. Now, can I this... just say that out of all these movies and all of these games and contests or puzzles and, and whatnot, $10,000 is fucking chump change. It really is. It's not worth that to me. No. I mean, they didn't know. No, they think it's a fun little escape room. Like, yay, this is going to be fun. It's going right. to challenge my mind. And you had that You had that nerdy kid who was just like, oh, my God, I've played 437, like, escape rooms. Like, you know, violent force isn't isn't necessary. Like, you know, this this or that. Um, shut up, dork. A lot, of, a lot of cool people in this. Tyler Labine. Yep. You know, from uh, Tucker and Dale, Deborah Ann Wool from True Blood. That stoner-looking kid, was he in Sky High? What the hell Sky High? You never saw Sky High? Oh, my God. Sky High is amazing. What is it? Sarah was huge on Sky High. Was no, it it's like not some a... kind of weird high school movie thing? So, basically, it's like a high school for, like, kids of superheroes. Okay, that doesn't sound like I'd like it. It, it's a kids movie, but it's it's actually um, definitely sounds like I'm not gonna like this. It it was big when Sarah was like a teenager. It's actually very entertaining. Uh, the the gym teacher is Bruce Campbell. Okay, you had me at Bruce Campbell. I'll, <laughs> it, so it's a kids show though, or movie? It, it's a kids movie, but it, it's it's well done. Linda Carter's in it. Maybe I'll suggest it for our next movie night. But yeah, so you have, they're all stuck in this waiting room and all of a sudden like the heat turns on, they're like burning and boiling. All of a sudden they're realizing like, holy shit, like shit is real. You shift gears so fucking fast on that. No, I'm okay. back to escape room. And now you're back to escape room, but like that's what I'm saying. You're grinding the gears. I'm sorry. I believe there's like a hospital like type room or something like that, like an upside, upside down like bar. Yeah, it it's, it's another thing when they, they're... Each room is specifically created to hone in on one of the fears of one of the people. Yeah. I, I thought this was, I mean, there's a bunch of, like, escape room movies out there, but I, this one I really, really enjoyed. I did enjoy this movie. It's not on my list because of how fantastical it got. Fair. Okay. Number two. You got to play by the rules, guys. That's the only way to have fun. 2013. This movie was loosely based off Roald Dahl's Man from the South. We're going with Cheap Thrills. Starring Pat Healy, Ethan Embry, Sarah Paxton, David Koechner, and a 
fun small role for Amanda Fuller. This movie was awesome. And if you want to talk about being uncomfortable, this movie's going to bring you there a couple times, if not a few. Craig lives with his wife and baby, and they seem to be struggling. As he's leaving for work, she even asks, Are you going to ask for the raise today? Sure, baby. As he walks out, there's an eviction notice on his door. And then he gets to work. Instead of that raise, it seems the auto shop he works at is going to be downsizing. Ouch. So he ends up at a bar where he runs into an old friend. And they, in turn, run into an eccentric couple who offer them cash payouts for amusing tasks. It's so funny because you see the, the cover of this movie and it seems like a funny comedy. Like a, what do they call them, gross-out comedies? Like Porky's type of thing? And yep. that is not what this movie is. It's a horror movie, but like dark. Like It is funny, but like dark. A lot darker than the cover would have you believe. So the first task, they sit down. There's a bottle of tequila. David Koechner's character pours shots out. He just says, first one to take a shot gets 50 bucks. Ethan Embry, he takes a shot, no problem. Boom, gives him 50 bucks. And he knows his boy needs the money, so he gives him the 50 bucks. And David Koechner's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's your fucking 50 bucks. You earn that shit. And, like, that's the easiest task. Like in the movie 13 Sins that I talked about God knows how long ago. Was that last week? The first couple tasks are fun. They're funny. You know, not a big deal. Oh, you get to play darts, but you're throwing darts at someone's face. <laughs> like a picture, not like someone's actual face. You got to make that girl slap you. Like, shit like that. But the tasks get increasingly more fucked up, and the money stacks are piling up. There's a lot of cash, a lot of humor, and I love how all the actors work with each other. Like, it's it's really well done. Apparently, Pat Healy and Ethan Embry did not get along on set. Oh, really? But supposedly they've, they've worked it out or whatever. Great movie, and if you have not seen this movie... I suggest you watch it tonight. It's a good date night movie. It's not a good date night movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my number two. Can I ask you a question? Would you rather... Oh, would you rather... I loved this movie. This was awesome on so many levels, and I probably wouldn't have watched it if that guy didn't comment. That's awesome. That's why we ask. Exactly. His TikTok handle is literally just Larry. So, Larry, thank you. Nice. Yeah, because this, this was a good one that I don't know how I hadn't have seen it before. Yeah. I mean, I've seen most of Sasha Gray's work. I can't believe I didn't stumble <laughs> into this one. <laughs> I think a lot of people have. But like you said, like the, the cast is stacked. Did you notice like her doctor like, that she went to was Dr. Barden? Because well, the not Bard because, and Bellas, yeah, right? Pitch Perfect came out the same year, so who knows? That's a coinky dink. But yeah, essentially, you know, she wants to help, you know, her, her brother who's suffering from, you know, illness or was it? It was cancer, right? I believe. But yeah. she's having trouble like paying for treatments and this and that. She's working a bunch of jobs, and he's even so, starting to feel guilty, like you know, right. like she doesn't get to have a life. Like if she's like, you know what? This this is my life. John Hurd's character the whole time is like, it's like, this is bullshit. This is a conspiracy, all this stuff. And I had a 
feeling the two people that it was going to end up coming down to. I'm not going to say who. Right from the beginning, I'm like, all right, it's going to be those two. Yeah. When you're sitting around the dinner table, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, so-and-so. Would you rather electrocute you or so-and-so? And I got to give it up to the one person that kept trying to take it on himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the poor guy who pissed off Penguin. <laughs> oh, man. So many great like things in this movie. Like, how long can you hold your breath? Oh, my. Do you, do you watch Big Bang at all? No. So the old lady in the wheelchair is uh, Sheldon's grandmother. So it's Meemaw. How can you stab Meemaw in the leg? <laughs> Easily. She's in a wheelchair. Well, she was... Maybe she can't feel it. Well, that was a thing. I Well, that's right. Yeah, you know, she's already in a wheelchair. Fuck it. Like, why was she even in that room? Right. I thought that was unfair. It was. It was pretty. Maybe it was for they were going to, like, cut her legs off and it was for prosthetics or something. Ooh, maybe she got robot legs. Ooh, yeah. This was awesome. Great movie. It goes to show what will you do to get what you want not what you want, the, what you need. What you need, yeah. She needs money to, to help her brother. Her brother's like, needs his treatment. And that's not cheap. She made a certain choice awfully quick. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so if we're tallying up, the stakes are pretty high. And I didn't want to tell you this, Jeremy, but whoever loses gets killed. Oh. That's why, you know, we had Jigsaw talking in the... In the first half of this episode so we we bet on doubles and unfortunately it looks like i'm losing because we're at <laughs> we're at three doubles right yep would you rather squid game and belco <sighs> i don't even want to do number one because now i'm sad <laughs> i know what like i feel like if i finish number one then i would i got shot in the face <laughs> okay here we go Number one. Ready or not? Ah, ah. We're up to four. What, what can I say that you didn't say? Was this your number nine? I had so much fun with this movie, I had to put it number one. Ready or not, 2019, Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, Andy McDowell. Come on. The Bride wore custom yellow Chuck Taylors. Yeah, she did. That color is actually not available, or it wasn't available at the time of the release of this movie, so they actually had to paint those sneakers for her. I would almost guarantee that since the movie came out, they're probably available again. Grace has just married into the Le Domas Gaming Dominion. <laughs> they're basically a fictional Parker Brothers. Didn't they mass-produce Ouija boards? Yeah, they did. Yeah. As part of a tradition to welcome a newcomer into the family after the reception, they all play a game. The game happens to be hide and seek. And if you want to talk about a blood-spattered bride, and you're not talking about Kill Bill, ready or not would come to mind. Because holy shit. This movie was funny, fun, brutal, uh, and it just goes to show you that you cannot trust rich people. They have so much money, they do whatever they want. They just, they get bored, so they do fucked up things. I mean, just look at, like, the first Knives Out. Rich people. They're yeah. just... They're all out to get each other. It's like, okay, so the old person died. Who could be the killer? Oh, my God, your whole family is a suspect? Like, 
that doesn't speak well for your family. It should be like one person is a suspect. Everyone else is like, well, clearly you wouldn't kill Papa, you know? <laughs> Papa. The ending is fucking great, though. How creepy is the uh, hide-and-seek song? So Brian Tyler actually does the, the score, which is pretty fun. But this... Wicked fun movie, Samara Weaving. I'll watch whatever she's in. Yes. All right. Number one. Which I'm actually kind of surprised. Like, this wasn't on your list, but it's probably the most iconic puzzle in the history of anything. The Lament Configuration. Ooh, I have that such puzzle here. Hellraiser, 1987. The the only reason that this wasn't on my list was just because it's such a small part of the movie. Yeah, I get no, I guess so. But I mean, that's what when somebody says, you know, Hellraiser, I mean, that's what I think of. I think of the box. Of course, yeah, you think of the puzzle. So, yeah, yeah, I get you. I'm sure anyone that's listening has probably already seen this movie. So, there's not a whole lot really to like say, but Christy Cotton played by um Ashley Lawrence. Yes, Ashley Lawrence. Christy's father Larry and stepmother Julia move into Larry's childhood home. Kirsty and her boyfriend take a room nearby. Unfortunately, for all involved, Larry's house is already occupied. Before the family's arrival, Larry's disreputable brother, Uncle Frank, Frank. Uh, fucking Uncle Frank, used a supernatural puzzle box, the Lament Configuration, to summon a gang of other dimensional sadists known as the Cenobites. Classic. What, what else to say? I haven't seen the new one yet. I've heard the new one is actually decent. I watched it. It was good. It was fucked up. The priest was played by... I forget who, who um, the priest was played by. But I, there was a lot of controversy about that. And I thought it was unwarranted. If you've ever read Clive Barker's material, I mean... The priest wasn't even like that big of a character in the Hellbound Heart. Like the source material for Hellraiser. You know, he just happened to be able to speak without with all like the prosthetics a lot of the other characters like butterball for instance in pinhead is like all these names were not names of in the like the characters they're just like what fans named them named them they had trouble delivering their lines because of all the the makeup and and whatnot so pinhead actually doug bradley you know gave most of the lines because he could he could speak and that's why he basically became like the leader of the Cenobites. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So did you have any that almost, you know, that were super, super close to making your list? Uh, dude, I watched so many movies. Yeah, I have a lot of runner-ups. So, like, for instance, I have Hellraiser in pieces on here because puzzles are big things in those two movies, but they're not a, what the movie's about. So inverse games, I have The Stand. You know, there's some fights to the death in New Vegas. The most dangerous game. Hello. I mean, I did yeah. turkey shoot. Cabin in the Woods. There's some cool betting going on. Yeah, that's true. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> VHS, Ozzy's Dungeon. That that was cool. There's a movie called Starve, Escape from New York. No Escape, The Domestics. Uh, those are not even my runner-ups. There was one I thought about, and I couldn't remember if it was this one or not. But it wasn't, you know, essentially what the movie was, was about. But um, Mutilator, didn't they play hide-and-seek in Mutilator? Yeah, they they did. But, it, I mean, obviously that wasn't the it focus. Was, it was like a, a drinking game version of... Yeah. Actually, uh, the Mutilator Part 2 is coming out this year, and it yeah. looks like a meta 
kind of reboot. It, it looks like it could be quite fun. I do enjoy the, the cover. They need to bring back that theme, though. Gonna have a fall break. Some of my runner-up saw scream, because, you know, a little bit of trivia. Circle. Circle was close. Keep watching House on Haunted Hill. Yep. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's not, wouldn't you call that horror? No, not definitely not. That's why it's not on the list. But <laughs> you got to say, a creepy guy that, you know, don't take candy from strangers. And he kills half of those kids. Well, you don't know that they're dead. I mean, you don't know that they're alive. It's fair. I had, oh, what the hell, the odds. I don't know. So it was so, like, different from, like, Would You Rather, where they're essentially, like, trying to kill you where it felt like the guy that was paired up with the main character and the odds was genuinely trying to help her okay you didn't watch the same movie i watched you didn't watch the whole thing did you so i was asking you know what's everyone's favorite puzzles lauren mentioned the puzzle box from hellraiser and she said the cube from cube and jeff whitmire basically reiterated that and say, ooh, that's a tough choice. I really love Cube, but the Cenobite box is so iconic, and it is. That's why I've got it on my desk here. Yeah, so I got... So, actually, it was, it was two. Two that said, uh, would you rather? That guy, Larry, and Bloodright41. And, again, if I didn't see that, I never probably would have watched it, because it, it just didn't come across. Yeah like Netflix or Tubi or like whatever. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was very, very close to being my number one. It's funny because when I was first talking about this mansion, I used it a lot to describe what we were going for, and I used The Running Man. Mm -hmm. A lot of people really love The Running Man. They do. I can't stand the movie. I rewatched it. and All right, so let me rewind. As as a Schwarzenegger movie, uh, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. He does his stupid dad jokes um but i mean richard dawson richard dawson was hilarious in in the movie but i read the book first and it was one of my favorite books and i bought this movie on christmas eve i had a christmas eve tradition after like we were done with family stuff i'd go into my room and i'd watch a movie i'd never saw before and it was usually an action movie like speed or or, or whatnot so i chose the running man because i loved the book and I was so pissed, it ruined my Christmas Eve tradition of watching movies. I was just like, you know what? Nah, this is not safe anymore. In the book, it's such a great satire. If we were doing books, this might be my number one. The network, the way that the future has separated the classes. There's no middle class anymore. It's just upper class, lower class. And even the lower class is split between races. Everyone hates each other. And they're all desperate and just fighting for crumbs. And the game is so much different. It doesn't take place on 40 blocks and you have the guy from Fleetwood Mac fucking hanging out with you. <laughs> or, or fucking Frank Zappa's son. You know, it's just like... Which one? Was that Dweezil? It was Dweezil, yeah. The book was great. And I, so I reread the book when we said we were going to do this tangent. And I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, okay. I'm grown up now. I can accept that the movie's... Completely did, different. Did you like it any better at all or no? I did not like it any better. <laughs> I did enjoy the dance numbers, which were actually choreographed by Paula Abdul. Oh. Yeah, so there's there was that. That was pre... Laker Girl? Op- opposites attract. You know, when she... she you Dude, know, I love that. The, I love the, that with video. the cat. 
MC Scat Cat. I'm a sucker for that video. Remember when videos were a thing? Yeah. They, I mean, they still are. I mean, they still are a thing, but like MTV isn't a thing. I mean, MTV is a thing if you want to watch Jersey Shore. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Music television with 16 and pregnant. All right. So sad to see you go. That was a really fun tangent. <coughs> oh, holy shit. Game over. They killed Jeremy. I, I don't even know what to say, but thanks for listening. As always, you can catch us, you know, wherever you're listening to us right now. This is so sad. <sighs> okay, get it together, Mike. Get it together. Get it together. You know what? I'll, I'll open a beer. That that might help. That might help. You know, wash away the pain. Fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. You want to reach out to us. Send Jeremy's family some condolences. Catch us on YouTube. We have a website, fansofthedead.com. Follow us on Twitter, Fans of the Dead One. Facebook. I think we're on TikTok now. Oh God. Go to iTunes. Please just give us five stars. Jeremy's dead. I don't know how we're gonna resurrect them and, and keep the show going, but maybe we'll find some reanimator reagent or I'm sure there's going to be some bullshit. We'll, he'll be back for the next episode. It's going to be like one of those sitcom shows where it's like, that never happened. Don't worry about it. As always, have fun. Be safe. Peace. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.